Hello, everybody, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. I am Michael Katz. I cover Ole Miss for the Daily Journal, and as always, I am joined by Theo DeRosa, the commercial dispatch sports editor who covers Mississippi State uh, for the dispatch and the Daily Journal. Theo, how are you doing? Um, this state team just just keeps on chugging, man. I, I, they've they've really. Uh, I know that we talked about that LSU game as maybe being a, a you know a turning point for them on on where the season can go. It looks like it's it's gone the right way so far. It really has. They've responded about as well as you can respond from that one loss. They've beaten three more teams by double digits, including Texas A&M and now Arkansas. They've won five games all by at least like 14, 15 points, some by, you know, 20 points or more. It's just, I mean, they've looked about as good as you can in the last three weeks. I mean, they're dominating the teams that are coming in. Now, you know, you say, Arkansas played without KJ Jefferson. AM wasn't as good as we thought coming in. But if you're Mississippi State, there's not a lot more you could have proven. There were some sloppy stretches this week in the Arkansas game. But even so, I mean, they won by 23. They still, you know, had a 10 point or more lead the entire way through. It's not much to criticize lately. You know, the schedule gets a little harder with this trip to Kentucky next week at Alabama, Georgia coming up within a month or so. Definitely gets harder then. But so far, I mean, Mississippi State has looked really good, and they've bounced back from that LSU game really nicely. Before we we get into our games, um, I, I, I want to talk about a couple of national games. But before that, I need to ask about Mike Leach and throwing the fade. Did he say that he could throw a fade right now today? Yeah, first he says he can kick extra points. Now he says he can throw a fade. I want to see this incredibly athletically talented man who did not play football in, like, college do this. I think it would be entertaining even if – he does do it well or he doesn't do it well. It's definitely prospect for entertainment either way. I don't know that it's that easy to throw a 30 to 35 yard fade. I probably couldn't do it. Okay. I certainly couldn't do that. And uh, thankfully Will Rogers can, and that's about the only person that matters, but yeah. yeah kind of went in on the dink and dunk nature of the air raid saying, you know, that's not really the case said, you know, those who say that it says more about them than it does about the air raid. And NFL teams use arid concepts, stuff like that, just kind of dispelling that narrative. And of course, he was asked directly about it. So you can see why he would say that didn't really come out of nowhere. But yeah, the offense is based on short, quick passes. You can see why it gets that label, but there is more to it. And you've kind of seen that more this year. Uh, what were your thoughts on his coffee take? Did you see his coffee take before? Uh... I- didn't, but I don't drink coffee. I think he, what did he say about coffee, Mike? He, he said, uh, they asked him how he takes his coffee. And, um, he, he said, uh, all coffee is awful anyway. So why would you like ruin the bitterness with something? And it, it was like, that might, that sounds less. I'm a coffee guy. This seems more like a Mike Leach is getting bad coffee situation. Yeah. I don't know. He's going to, Strange Brew Coffee House, which I've heard is pretty good coffee. Yeah, Interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah. um, I'm not a coffee guy. Personally, if I heard it was all awful, then I wouldn't drink any myself. And that's kind of what I've gone with. But I'm sure you can find ways to make it better. I mean, if it's going to be awful, might as well cut it with some sugar or something. To that's what I, that's what I say. But apparently Mike Leach just wants it. He wants to taste the burn. Something. I respect. Equivalent to like Joe Musgrove putting red hot on his ears or something. I don't know. That was uh, that was something else. We are in peak 
uh, baseball time now where uh, we get Joe Musgrove is throwing too well, according to the Mets, and they have to go check his ear for substances. That was that was something else. And both uh, of our teams are in the NLDS, so that's pretty cool. And they're not playing each other, which is always great. I'm I'm fully convinced the Dodgers are going to lose the Padres, even though they went 14-5 and five against them. I well, have no, no faith. Series, then that would be fine. I, uh, yeah, I, I've been hurt before and I'm ready to be hurt again. So I'm not going to get my hopes up, but, uh, one college football program that is not hurt right now is Texas. Uh, is Texas finally back? Can we say that? I don't think we, I don't, I personally don't think we can. I think Oklahoma is very wounded, uh, at the moment. Uh, but four to nothing is really, really bad. Yeah. That was an impressive win. I saw a video today of the cotton bowl where the entire Texas half of the crowd is still there. The entire Oklahoma half of the crowd is basically gone. Pretty striking difference. But if it's 49 to nothing, I don't know if I'd even stay if I was part of the team that was ahead. But if you're the team that's behind, I definitely probably would be out of there and back to Norman. So, yeah, Texas, I don't know if they're back, but they've looked pretty good. You know, they almost beat Alabama. They did lose to Texas Tech, which made me question their backness. And uh, maybe they're back for good. Who knows? Ewers is back. That's a good sign for them. And he played really well. But, yeah, Oklahoma, man, it's kind of crazy that uh, TCU and Oklahoma State are playing for what might be first place in the Big 12 this week, and that should be a pretty good one. A lot of good games this week, in fact. Yeah, it, it was it was not a um, a, a banner uh, weekend for former Ole Miss offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, uh, who is now at Oklahoma. That was uh, – that was, that was kind of a tough one for him. Uh, the other game that I think caught everybody's attention was was, uh, was Texas A&M and Alabama. Uh, Alabama did not have Bryce Young. Uh, he's got that shoulder situation. But I think based on how Texas A&M has been playing recently uh, and the fact that it was in Tuscaloosa and after last year's upset, I think people kind of thought that uh, that Bama was going to was going to roll. And this came down to the very last play of the game, maybe the worst last play of a game I've ever seen. Um, were you surprised with how close this one is? I mean, you just saw Texas A&M, uh, you know, up close and personal. I was for them to you know lose by 18 points in Starkville, go to Tuscaloosa and make it what two or three point game. That was definitely surprising. And of course, you know, the backup for Alabama, Jalen Milrow was in. Not quite the same as the Heisman winner, but Alabama, you know, has enough talent that they can weather that change of quarterback pretty well. Of course, AM with a different quarterback as well. Haynes King came in against State because Max Johnson, I think, broke his thumb against State. King played against Alabama and was pretty good. From what I saw, yeah, I mean, they really hung with Alabama, and that's good if you're AM. But now you've got, I think, three losses already. And, you know, you really have to finish that upset. I know that's easier said than done, but if you're that close to it, you can't be running whatever the heck that play was in the final seconds and losing like that. You got to give your guys a chance. And uh, unfortunately, I agree with Johnny Menzel, which is probably not a good sign, but not the best play calling there by a yeah, that was uh, I I was watching. I was like, man, this could be so like amazing. And then the play happened. And I was like, I feel like I got ripped off. I didn't pay anything for that, but like I feel like I personally was ripped off because that play was so bad. Uh, it never had a chance. Um, but uh, just a reminder that you can follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at dejournal.com/podcast. Theo, let's get into our games. Um, like you said, KJ Jefferson was not playing. 
uh, for Arkansas. I know it was kind of a game time decision and, and Pittman was Sam Pittman was playing it pretty uh, close to the vest, but didn't really seem like it was going to matter. Uh, I know KJ Jefferson does make a difference, but state was, 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 was pretty dominant from start to finish. It seems like. They were. And I was looking at the transcript for Arkansas's press conference afterward. It sounded like Pittman actually decided Thursday that Jefferson wasn't going to play. So maybe it wasn't as much of a game time decision as he led everyone to believe. I would say Malik Wormsby actually did quite well in the backup role. Cade Fortin started, played a little bit when Hornsby went out with an injury, but Hornsby was the better quarterback for sure. I mean, he threw it better and he was a much better runner. He actually, you know, I don't know if he really was that much worse than what Jefferson would have brought. I feel like Jefferson would have run a lot more times for fewer yards, maybe, you know, made some more plays through the air. But yeah, State looked pretty good. Kicking remains an issue. They missed a field goal. They missed another extra point and they botched the snap on a Another extra point. They're the only team that's missed four more extra points beside uh, one of them has five, but second worst in that category as far as missing PATs. So that's still something to be cleaned up. Yikes. We've said today they're just like not finishing in the right spot, which is driving the kick you know, to one side of the uprights. Which seems hard on like a 21-yard kick, but I'd probably shank it or fall down. So maybe I can't judge personally, but they could do better there for sure. Everything else? Pretty good, though. I mean, the offense was effective. Will Rogers, he can have a game where he throws for almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, like 70% passing, and Leach goes out and calls him, you know, like a game manager, basically. He said, Will did a good job of managing the game. And I just think that speaks to how high the standard is for Rogers and for the offense right now, because they're rolling. They're going to roll into Kentucky this week. We'll see how that goes. But so far, so good. Yeah, no, I was because uh, Rogers was um, was the co-SEC Offensive Player of the Week with Jonathan Mingo of Ole Miss, and I was looking at uh, Rogers' stats, and that was pretty crazy because I think Ohio State CJ Stroud has twenty four touchdown passes already. Rogers has like what twenty two? He has twenty two against just three interceptions, really one or two of which were his fault, and the other one was definitely not. So, very impressive stats. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's rolling. Uh, I mean, I, I know we we have talked about Mississippi State's defense being really good um what did you kind of learn about that group this weekend I think you saw how good the secondary can be they did give up some big plays and that's still a concern but I mean they I think they're top 20 against the pass nationally this year they have eight interceptions which is also top 20 and the run defense man like that's a pretty fearsome unit now it's hard to think of that because they did give up like 230 yards a couple big plays were factoring into that but they had this great goal line stand in the third quarter that you'll read about tomorrow in the dispatch and uh, stopped Arkansas within the 10 twice and in Bulldogs territory three times on fourth down. They're really good when they need to be and getting those big stops. And you saw that this week, Tyrus Weed is just probably the best player on the field on defense right now. Kind of, you know, linebacker who will line up and rush the passer, drop back into coverage, stop the run kind of do it all for them and they need a guy like that they did well without Nathaniel Watson for the first half he was suspended because of targeting against AM, and that was in the second half suspended for the first half of the Arkansas game didn't really miss a beat with JP Purvis in there Purvis came in had a big tackle for loss some big plays so the depth there is definitely encouraging if you state um, I know you know you just got done fairly recently with Mike Leach's uh, press availability. Uh, d- does he have any insight on whether Will Levis is going to play this week? What, no, what is no. he expecting? Is has he said anything? 
he didn't say anything really about that. He talked about Levis being like, you know, the prototypical guy, what a quarterback looks like. And I know you kind of mentioned that as well. Just kind of, this is how it should look. His numbers, you know, aren't the best, I would say, but they're pretty solid when you look at that. I don't know how uh, the backup played against South Carolina. I wasn't able to watch that game, but we'll see if Sharon or Sharon uh, has what it Levis or Levis has. I don't know if Levis plays. I mean, he's got the finger injury from Ole Miss. I don't want to see that again. And he's got this foot injury. And between those two, I mean, he could be very limited. I think it may not be wise to play him if he's playing at 60%, but they might anyway if he feels like he's ready. Either way, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But let, Leach definitely did not give any insight into whether he would play. I, I figured he probably if, – if, if he doesn't uh, – yeah, I know he doesn't get a lot of injury insight on his team. I figured he probably wasn't going to uh, – he probably wouldn't have much to say about the other team. But uh, – my game was uh, was a weird one. Uh, I went down to Nashville um, my first time in that stadium. Uh, I did not realize that Nashville was going to be so busy. I don't know why that didn't click in my head, but uh, it took a very long time to get to the stadium, which I was not um, anticipating. Um, but then the game itself got very weird. Ole Miss was down 20 to 17 at halftime against a Vanderbilt team that don't get me wrong. They are a lot better. Um, their offense, AJ Swan, I think is a really nice, he's a really nice quarterback. Um, you know, they, they got some players, but um, you know, that was a team giving up 35 points a game on defense, give or take. And uh, you know, it, it, it sucks to say, but like, they're still Vanderbilt. It's not a team that Ole Miss probably should have been struggling with. Ole Miss scored right before the half to make it 20 to 17. And I texted someone and I said that it, that's it. Like, this is going to be a blowout. And Ole Miss went and scored the first 28 points of the second half, I believe it was. Uh, Jackson Dart threw for 400 some yards. He had a couple of not so good throws. Um, he, he will do that from time to time still. Uh, Jonathan Mingo set the Ole Miss record with 240 some odd uh, um uh, receiving yards and two touchdowns, breaking Elijah Moore's single game record, which coincidentally was set against Vanderbilt the last time they were there in 2020. Uh, not a great look for Vanderbilt. Um, so almost ends up winning this game by 24 points. Um, but they were the first time they had been down at halftime. And so it was, it was, you know, it was curious when they were going to get in a game like that where things were going wrong. How are they going to respond? And yeah, of course, this is a game they should have won this point. The spread was 17. Um, you know, they beat the spread with a last second touchdown, which I'm sure some people in Las Vegas were very happy about. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, they looked really bad in that first half. And, you know, I think it's, it's really the first game this year where we've, where we've seen them play a really good second half as opposed to a first half, because the problem with them has been really good, you know, numbers first, second quarter, and then nothing the rest of the game. They have to kind of hold on um, this time. They flipped the script. And so, um, you know, I, I think there was uh, some positives to be taken from that uh, in that regard that they were able to kind of, you know, not get phased by that first half, but it was a really weird game. Uh, you know, Jackson Dart looked like the Jackson Dart I think we thought we were going to get in terms of us as writers, a guy who's going to take some chances and he's going to air it out. And he had three completions of at least like 60 yards. Uh, two were touchdowns to Jonathan Mingo. Another was a, 
a deep ball to uh, to Jordan Watkins. It's the first time they really didn't run the ball that great this year. I know that's been a big strength of theirs, but uh, you know when you're throwing for 400 whatever uh, yards, uh, you know it, you can have an off day running. But it was a very um, it was an odd game, and it was there were a lot of Ole Miss fans there too. Uh, it was I don't I don't know if I'd say it was an Ole Miss home game, but it was it, it was it was it was pretty close. What did you think of that last second touchdown, Kiffin's decision to get it to Matt Jones and kind of keep going and cover the spread and uh, go for the kill there? Yeah, so he talked about that um, today. Uh, he was asked about it because um, optics of our, that aren't necessarily great, um, just in, in terms of where the game is. And I, I, a lot of people are probably yelling, take a knee, take a knee, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, and And Lane said he did you know, and I think they showed it post game that he went up to Clark Lee and, and, and told him, Hey, like I didn't mean it in that sort of way. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think coaches get like caught up in moments and, you know, this was a walk on running back who like, who knows when he's ever going to get in a game again or in that situation. So, uh, you know, he was, he's really been like, um, I mean, Matt Jones has been like a really big, a really good teammate. And I think they wanted him to have that moment. And I think that's a tough balance between like doing that and then not making it look like you're, you know, you're running up the score. And um, I, I think that's why, why Lane was pretty quick to go over to him and say, Hey, like, I, I'm sorry. Like, it's not, that's not what it was supposed to look like. So, um, but it, you know, it was funny though. And they admitted this, um, on that last fair last drive, like Jackson dark came back out there with Mingo cause they wanted to set the record. Uh, so that was, I mean, and I get it. Like if you have a chance to throw one more pass and get the guy, the record, you're going to try to do it. Um, so yeah. And they were, they asked, we asked Dart about it and he was like, yeah, on every single play we had a run pass option. Like if we were going to do it, like we were going to do it. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's it is interesting, and I know a lot of people probably didn't like the way that looked, uh, but uh, I, I I do not, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was any any bad intent there. I just think football's a it's an emotional game, and I think people get caught up in it. Another thing with Ole Miss that I saw today, their safeties play rock paper scissors to determine who starts. Satsashim Johnson, I believe, is a rock guy, so I'm gonna have to go with paper from now on if I ever face him. Yeah, so uh, that was a – I didn't see this until yesterday, but apparently um, Alyssa Lang of the SEC Network, um, she was on the sideline before and uh, for the game, and, and beforehand she uh, she said that she had talked to Ole Miss's defensive coordinator, Chris Partridge, um, and, and you know, they've got three guys that basically play the same spot. It's Ladarius Tennyson, um, Taishim Johnson, Aishim Young all play – you know, kind of the same safety spot. Um, there's obviously only two, and they're all they're they're all pretty equal, uh, and they all end up playing about the same because you know just the way games go. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of plays out there, um, but but Partridge told her that they play rock paper scissors before every game uh, to decide what happens and. Uh, I heard that yesterday. I was like, no, like, no way. There's no way this is like, you know. So we asked Lane about it today. And the first thing he said was, this is why we don't have our assistants talk to the media most of the time. Uh, you know, like, you know, he, he was laughing when he said it. Um, 
but yeah, you know, you said basically when you've got three guys who, you know, can all get the job done, uh, you know, let, you know, let them, let them figure it out. And then, you know, no one can get mad at anyone because it's on you for picking the wrong thing. Um, and so Ladar- we talked to Ladarius Tennyson today, who uh, almost obviously plays Auburn this week. He's an Auburn transfer. Uh, and we asked him about it and, uh, he seemed like he's really, he's on board. He's like, yeah, we decided before the season, like, we're just going to like do it like this non-biased way. And like, you live with it. Uh, and I asked him, I was like, you know, someone asked him like, what's your move? And he was like rock. And I was like, he's going to want to change that. Cause now the tape is out there. Like you gotta, you gotta pick a different move now. Um, you, you, you if everybody knows you're picking rock, I and Taishim are going to scheme a little bit differently. Well, then they'll do paper and then he can do scissors and it's like galaxy brain. Just like I'm, that's true. Chess. Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, that's, maybe Ladarius is playing a uh, 40 chess here, but yes, yeah, so that was uh that, that was, that was the talk of today was rock, paper, scissors to decide. And it, I, I looked it up um, how they've split up their games and it's like three starts, four starts and five stars. It's like, it is like, it is quite. So I, now every time I see who's starting, I'm just going to be thinking, man, like, Poor Aishim, man, he must have picked paper or like, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, it's college football is weird, man. And, and it's one of like the it's one of the delightful stories when there's something so like that everybody everybody has played rock, paper, scissors to determine some sort of thing. I don't think any of us have thought like, oh, yeah, that's how we're going to decide who starts at safety in the SEC. Uh, but here we are. So, yeah, that was that was a that was a delightful uh, revelation. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that Auburn game. How do you see Ole Miss's chances in that one? Do you think, you know, they're pretty much of a lock to get to 7-0? I think Ole Miss should pretty easily win, but uh, history is not on their side for this one. Um, Auburn is, if we're, if we're counting the, the vacated uh, games, Auburn's 35-11 and 11 all time. They've won the last six against Ole Miss. Ole Miss has won 13 straight home games. Their last one was in 2020. To Auburn, um, you know, they lost a really weird game last year um, at Auburn. I, I know we've, we a lot of, you know, medias, we spent a lot of time talking about Brian Harson's job. Uh, he still has it. They're three and three. They've, they've played some close games. They've played some not so close games. Uh, you know, they probably should have beaten LSU. Um, but that game got away from them in a very weird way. They were up pretty two or three touchdowns, whatever it was. Um, they should not have beaten Missouri. Their post game win expectancy was like nine percent. Yes, Missouri did about every stupid thing you can do and lost. So I can't really blame them. And then you know they played Georgia, and that you know that was not uh, unexpected the way that game so, went. I don't exactly know, but I can picture how that went, and I'm sure Georgia won by thirty or forty points. Yeah, I think it was like forty-two to ten, something like that. So it was it was along those lines, but. I, I do think that uh, I think this game might be closer than I'm not sure what the spread is or what it's going to end up being. But, uh, you know, if you look at a, a top 10 team and an unranked team with a coach on the hot seat, you probably wouldn't expect it to be that good of a game. But uh, I think Auburn's got a really they've got a good defense. They've still got some talented players and they do have the type of quarterback that does tend to cause trouble for Ole Miss. Uh, Robbie Ashford, he's mobile. Uh, we just saw Tulsa's backup quarterback, who's mobile, like almost win uh, that game um, in uh, in Oxford. And so, 
um, obviously every game's its own thing, but uh, I, you know, and Tank Bigsby's a really good player. I feel like he's been there for 15 years, uh, somehow only a junior. Uh, they've got some players, and so I, I think they're, I still think they're playing hard. I don't think they've quit on 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 Harson or anything like that. Um, I, I think uh, it's. I think it's going to be close. I think Ole Miss ends up winning um, by, you know, 10 or, or a couple touchdowns or something. But I think it's been one of those games where it's, it's pretty close for most of it. Um, and just because Ole Miss and Auburn is just always – it's always dumb. So um, I, I, f- I feel like we are in for uh, a game uh, – a weird one. Now, I'm disappointed there's no Bo Nix. I, I, love, I love a good Bo Nix uh, game. but. Uh, Robbie Ashford is, uh, you know, he was not the starter when the season started. Uh, I think I think he's their third quarterback because um, it was T.J. Finley and then Calzada and uh, now it's him. But and, uh, Robbie Ashford, I believe, was an Ole Miss commit at one point. So, you know, there's some story. There's always everyone was committed to everywhere at some point in the process. Uh, I, I think I, I, I think it'll be a closer game than expected, but uh, I think Ole Miss gets to to seven and zero, and then and then they get to go to LSU and A and M in back to back weeks. I mean, they very well could be nine and zero. They could also be like seven and two, six and three, God even. But yeah, I mean, you see the path, and then you see, you know, Mississippi State lost a kind of inexplicable game at LSU. Maybe Ole Miss does the same. Yeah, no, it's 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 really. I think most of us expected them to be five and one or six and zero. That Kentucky game was the one that we all weren't really sure of. Uh, and now it's like, now it's kind of, this is, this is the time. I think we thought Auburn was going to be a little bit better than they are, but, uh, this is really like, you know, you've got this and then they got the bye, and then it's, it's Bama, Arkansas and state. Like that's, that's brutal. That's going to be a really tough end of the season. So I think we're going to learn a lot about them. Um, you know, they've taken care of business so far, but I, we're, this is, this is going to be a really interesting end. I, they, they could, like you said, they could be nine and zero. They could be seven and two. They could be six and three. You just really don't know. Uh, and that's why college football is great because you really never do know. But uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, you can be, please, please be sure to follow our coverage at D Journal Sports on Twitter or our uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State Facebook groups by going to the Daily Journal's main Facebook page. We will be back again with another episode of Justify Your Existence on Thursday. Thank you guys so much for listening.